0: welcome to the wave strength innovative pension solutions for a secure retirement presented by Pacific life
1: hello everybody and welcome again on another episode of the wave strength podcast I'm your host Jim Breen uh, marketing director with Pacific life's institutional division and joining us today is Paul Hans a uh, our Senior Vice President of the Institutional Division's Customer Solutions Group. And Paul, thank you so much for joining us again on the podcast here. Uh, Really nice to have you back.
2: It's great to be here, Jim. Um,
1: Absolutely, Paul. Um, You know, for those who uh, may not be aware, uh, you know, you've been with Pacific Life here for a a little over two years now, and um, uh, maybe you can share a little bit about your background uh, before coming to Pacific Life, Paul.
2: Sure, yeah. So I am actually an actuary by background, Mm -hmm. for those that... I don't know what an actuary is it's someone that does a lot of math for insurance companies so uh heavy math in my background uh i was previously chief actuary with equitable uh i was at prudential and trans before that so really great companies uh really uh, a wide variety of industry experience particular learning about different products i super excited to be here at pacific life with the team where we're focused on really focused as the name describes customer solutions mm-hmm. whether it's um helping plan sponsors with their defined benefit plans, with pensioners transfer, whether it's helping with defined contribution plans with stable value or lifetime income within stable value, um, or partnering with uh, health savings account custodians, as an example, or other, other institutional challenges. We're just really, uh, really excited for, uh, for all those
1: various uh, opportunities. Excellent. Um, So let's set the stage for today's episode, which is the need for lifetime income, Paul. Um, Maybe you can give us um, a a snapshot, uh, an overview of where we are right now and why there is this uh, important need for lifetime income. Paul.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So so I've been primarily focused on retirement for most of my career. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've dabbled in other insurance areas, but really with a heavy focus on retirement. And it's you know it's been a bit uh, disappointing in some ways to see the decline in retirement security yeah. over the last fifteen or twenty years. Uh, if you think back to you know our grandparents, they had a, a very robust social security along with pensions. Uh, if I think about my my parents, uh, my my mother has some pension from a state pension. My father, not much of a pension, uh, just relying on 401k. And we've I'm starting to see that shift towards a whole generation. Of, of retirees that are gonna be retiring primarily relying on their 401k plans and their ability to manage and, and retain those assets for their life, uh, which is much, much different than when people had a defined benefit pension plan. So it's, it's, it's a little bit scary,
1: I think, for society overall to see how that, how that plays out. Yeah, I think you know, the, the next several years, they're gonna be an important, uh, an important time in, in our history see what happens. And that's why this is so important for us to try and Find these solutions, um, and I think Pacific Life really um, is is looking through the lens of a, of a hearts and minds approach. Mm-hmm. Which you know, I encourage our, our listeners to check out our other podcasts where we do talk a little more in depth about our, our, our DCLI focus, our defined contribution lifetime income focus. Um, but getting back to the the the, um, the the purpose of this episode, the need for lifetime income. You, you mentioned earlier, Paul, that uh, you were um, meeting with some Senate snappers, and um, they shared some interesting uh, insight in, into you know what what they're seeing. Uh, But it is a real concern that I think a lot of people are having.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, at times it can be, you know, it can be a bit depressing to hear about some of the gridlock um, in in Washington, D.C. these days. But, you know, in my discussion with some of the Senate staffers came across wide and clear, this is something where there's strong bipartisan support Mm -hmm. uh, because they see there's a very, very clear challenge and very clear problem coming down the horizon as it relates to. Uh, you know what they—they they literally said, you know, we're all concerned about starving elderly people, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a very, you know, very stark way to put it. Uh, but if you go back a hundred years uh, before the pension system, before yep. Social Security, I mean, that—that that was—that was, that was, was happening. The real issue. That was, that was exactly. yeah,
1: that was happening. And it's hard, and it, and it's hard to talk about that because right now, when you when you, when you say that, you say, oh no, that's that only happens in movie. But you know, just to do a quick Google search uh, back, uh, you know and and you could see that it truly was it was very difficult mm-hmm. and it was a scary time um and um i think a, a comment that you made in our discussion uh earlier uh, before the show paul you were you were mentioning that um somebody in that meeting one of the staffers was uh, commenting that it was perplexing to them that here we have currently um you know so much concern for the, the nation's current gas prices mm-hmm. um which are high but yet we don't have the same level of concern for what they see coming down the road, which is that this crisis, you know, that's this potential crisis.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's one where there's that strong bipartisan support. Everyone agrees, but it's it's not going to make the evening news mm-hmm. because it's something that's down the road. It's yeah. very impactful, but it's not immediate. It doesn't get the headlines. It doesn't get the headlines, yeah. which, which makes it, it just makes it harder to prioritize doing something immediately. Um, which is, which is a bit unfortunate in terms of, it's a bit unfortunate, but I think it just reinforces that it's such a problem. There's that bipartisan support, uh, you know, a great example of that was with the Secure Act passed back in uh, 2019, mm-hmm. uh, almost unanimously, you know, passed the Senate, which, uh, if you think about what's happening in 2019, it's pretty impressive to yeah. have an issue. that can get, get that level
1: of support on a bipartisan basis. And and now we're looking at the Secure Act 2.0, and I think you were talking a little bit about that with these staffers.
2: Yeah, so there is you know great progress on Secure Act 2.0 um, in, in the Senate. It's the Rise and Shine Act, but in terms of the the actual impact, it's you know it's one of many, so it's not it's not going to solve it, but it, it mm-hmm. just but it's it's clearly and that was clear in our discussions. It's clearly a step in the right direction, and there's that bipartisan commitment to continue to work on how do we how do we solve this problem? How do we ensure that, uh, you know, that Americans can retire securely. And to, to your point is it's not just, you know, sometimes it's thought about, oh, well, it's only, you know, it's only a 5% probability. It's only a 10% probability, you know, that I live to a hundred and run out of money. It's, mm-hmm. it's a low, probab- you know, and it is a relatively low probability, but what comes with that is, is the fear, mm-hmm. right? So it's, so there's a big difference between living in retirement, um, and having enough money, ultimately, but living in retirement with that fear versus not having that fear, because that has a sub- substantial uh, impact on quality of life. Absolutely. You know, just today, you know, stock market's down two percent today. day. Tomorrow probably be up one percent. The next day might be down. But just think about the fear. If that's if you have no other options mm-hmm. to live in, with that fear, it's just it sub- just doesn't uh, it doesn't allow you to enjoy retirement as fully as you otherwise could.
1: Exactly. I mean, that wellness and retirement is so important. Mm-hmm. To work so long and to, to then be able to enter that new phase of life with... Uh, you know anxiety free I mean uh, you know those those of us with children know that uh, you know when they have their children uh, it, I'm sure that life won't be exactly anxiety free as, as my parents can attest to uh, raising me as a matter of fact but uh, I think Paul that this is an important obviously an important conversation and 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 you know um, you know a testament to what Pacific life you know has done we, Pacific life really has uh, afforded so many resources and focus on this, um, the need for lifetime income in our defined contribution lifetime income space. And, um, you know, I think that that is so important. Uh, maybe you can share a little bit about what we're doing at Pacific Life um, from a, um, an, an innovation standpoint.
2: Yeah. So as it relates to trying to solve this problem, you know, one thing that's somewhat unique about Pacific Life is we are customer owned. Mm-hmm. So we we exist for the benefit of our customers. Uh, we have no shareholders. Everything uh, that we earn, we want to be sustainable. All mm-hmm. of those earnings go back into developing products and solving solving our customers' problems. Um, so that customer ownership really drives us to what are the biggest problems our customers have out there today, and it's really around financial security. Uh, and you know, even you know, for the higher net worth, obviously there's a great ecosystem for them that pr- helps provide them with that guaranteed income. But for the vast majority of the population, they're really relying upon you know their employers in many ways to provide them that ease of of financials. You know to, to to provide those benefits to provide that pension like income.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, that's that's what what they look to uh, for you know for for their retirement ultimately. So in terms of Pacific Life, you know there's been just great support from whether it's you know Daryl Button, our new CEO, or Jim Morris, our prior CEO. Just just a very strong recognition and understanding that this is you know, one of the most existential challenges for society and for our, you know, and, and, and then for our industry, uh, to help solve. And what, but one of the things that we recognize with this is it's, it's not going to solve itself. Yeah. Right. And that's one of the things when, uh, when I was talking with Jim, our, our, uh, our just recently retired CEO a couple of years ago about, you know, about, about the, you know, exciting opportunities at Pacific life with the new institutional division. Um, one of the things that came up was around, this particular challenge is, you know, is this, is, is the market going to develop? Is there going to be a solution? And, and my response to Jim was, it depends on us. Like it's not going to solve itself. You know, the insurance industry can't wait for this to be solved and then go into the market. The insurance industry has to devote the resources, the time, the energy, uh, and the innovative mindset towards figuring out what makes sense. And and, and that's it's So it's up to us ultimately. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's one of those things that is. Is so important for our, our mission and vision of providing financial security through innovative products that it's it's worth it's it's so important that it, that we need to make the investments um in partnership with all of our the various uh you know partners out there in the defined contribution space, but we need to make our, the investment to try to solve this challenge.
1: Yeah, and Paul, you know, it's amazing to see what Pacific Life has done in terms of pouring those resources into uh, this new institutional team uh, and and the support from our, our management committee. The leadership really has our back in, in, in trying to innovate. Um, let's uh, just switch gears here a little bit and to, to discuss some stories um, as they uh, they relate to the need for lifetime income.
2: Yeah, sure. So, you know, as mentioned earlier, I, I come from a more quantitative background. So mm-hmm. I, I love the numbers. I love the statistics uh, that all resonates well with me. But uh, but but at least half the population, maybe arguably more. Yeah. Uh, stories resonate better. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that's that's really important as as we think about how do we how do we resonate with everyone? How do we mm-hmm. make sure folks folks understand? Um, so I think that, you know, we, 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 for example, you know have an economist on the team, you know, Chi Sun. Um, from a quantitative perspective, you hear about the annuity puzzle. You hear about, um, you know, uh, there's a Nobel Prize winner in the '80s that talked about this. This question of it's so clear that having guaranteed income in your portfolio, some percentage of that is much more optimal than none. It's just so clear from an from an economic perspective, from an academic perspective, it's it, it's it's very very clear. And I think when I think about the annuity puzzle, the answer to it is is we haven't been telling the right stories. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't been explaining. Um, that that needs sufficiently. So, you know, I certainly have my stories, but Jim, you know, I'm interested, just as you think about folks you know, mm-hmm. you know, family members, friends, how many of them feel like they know what they're doing when it comes to financial management. Do they have it completely under control and are highly competent?
1: Yeah, you know, my father, uh, very hard worker, um, and uh, he uh, he worked for, uh, he was in the Navy, then moved over to the FBI. So he had the, uh, the luxury of, of uh, two different pensions, right? Um, but even as he approached retirement, um, I'm one of eight. So we still had a lot a, a lot of more responsibilities as he as he approached you know the the average age for re- retirement uh but um you know my father is definitely one to research, but there are many people that don't have that luxury of family members right there are folks that are out there that that don't have that ability to connect with a loved one to help them um or they are just going at it blindly you know and and it's it's sad uh but it's a, more of a reason why this is the, the need for education is so important. And we've talked about that before in prior podcasts, Paul, like this, this need for, for education, this need for a story-driven approach where you can tell the story. And it might not be the story that everyone can relate to, but I feel that when, uh, you know, a user can, can see that you have the compassion, mm-hmm. that you're trying to understand where somebody is, the, the, the better off you are and the the, the more connected the, the overall conversation can be.
2: Yeah, I completely agree, Jim. And I think one of the things that, that I find as, as we discuss this challenge with, uh, whether it's team members, whether it's customers, whether it's just our friends and family, everyone has stories of folks they know that have challenges around financial management. It's a, it's a substantial, I believe, substantial portion of of, of the of the american population and then right now we're, we're going to rely on them to manage their own finances when we don't rely on them to build their own houses to build their own cars to do all these other things um that are that require a significant amount of, of technical really technical uh ex- expertise you know i know for example uh from from my own experiences jim you know i you know my my mom and dad only had two kids so <laughs> mm-hmm. so you're yeah i have two, two couple kids more. i have two kids and you have four kids and i, I i'm <laughs> I'm always very impressed by by, by that Jim. but
1: uh the, you, those listening can't see all the bags under my eyes and Paul <laughs> Paul uh, Paul uh, looks very well rested so yeah with only two kids yeah
2: relatively, <laughs> relatively relatively
1: uh absolutely but um but you
2: know uh, you know I see that uh, dynamic uh for example with with my mom right so she mm-hmm. was uh know she was a nurse's aide Mm -hmm. you know we're just you know we're just obviously um hopefully at the tail end of this pandemic most recently but we've probably had a had a new new founder uh, appreciation for just the the importance of society of Mm -hmm. of of the work that you know whether it's you know from doctors to nurses all the way down to the nurse's aide you know those medical professionals just how important that work is for society overall Mm -hmm. uh is absolutely essential so anyways um uh so my mom is great at that. She was she was great at that, super, super nice, much nicer than I am, super nice. Um, and uh, but not good with their money management at mm-hmm. all, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, for those folks that don't know, you know, uh, you know, nurses' aides, uh, are, I would say pretty well underpaid, mm-hmm. um, a bit above minimum wage. And but it, it was compounded for her by the just the lack of financial education. It's really, really compounding. So you know, she was a classic uh, example of the payday loans and the, mm-hmm. you know, very high interest, you know, used car loans. Fortunately, she couldn't qualify for, for credit cards, fortunately. So she didn't have, have, have that challenge um, or that issue. Um, but but that's where, you know, as a financial industry, I think we've done a disservice to folks like that, yeah. where, where there's just so many pitfalls uh, that folks can fall into. Um, so, for example, with, with my mom, you know, fortunately, you know, she was never one to save unless, unless it was done for her, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, never, you know, she was in that, in that 40% of the American population that, you know, doesn't have a $400 for an emergency. Mm-hmm. All right. So she clearly, uh, clearly fell into that bucket. Um, and, you know, I think, I think the, you know, so the challenge for her as, you know, as she approached retirement was, you know, fortunately, um, her last eight years of her career, she worked for, uh, for the California state, um, healthcare system, uh, working with, uh, folks that are, uh, uh developmentally disabled actually, mm-hmm. um, and fortunately that had that did come with the pension fortunately um but you know so she had she had some health issues she actually had a stroke so she lost a lot of her mental uh capacities uh for a period of time fortunately you know she's got most of it back probably all of it um but but the challenge uh for her was was fortunately you know i was able to to manage her finances kind of post-retirement right Mm -hmm, so i mm -hmm. was able to to do her 20 pages of pension paperwork um, all the medical records associated with that, et cetera. And, and number one, make sure she took a pension. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's that's the that's a big uh, because my mom's a perfect example. Anytime she had any money, if she got an inheritance, for example, there'd be a way to spend it down within a month or two, right? It, it's just it just there's a lot of folks that whereas I'm the opposite, right? I save every penny I have, right? So so you have that, you know, you have that spectrum, but it's important for everyone in society that we make it easy for them to do the optimal thing. Yeah. Right. And that's where especially something as, you know, I, you know, from my uh, actuarial investment professional background, you know, I see how complex managing investments, managing expenses and liabilities and cash flows. It's very complex. I mean, we have obviously we have departments full of, you know, pretty smart uh, people yeah. that, that work on this. Uh, and it's hard for them. And then we, and then we
1: have we expect the individual person, that average person, average that, person that, 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 that's dealing it. with uh the the normal functions of what like, childcare, mm-hmm. making sure that the dinner's ready on time right. the kids homework's done and that's you know planning your finances i hate to say it but it's probably something that ends up in the background and not the forefront of what they're thinking about in the average day absolutely and you know i just i think the final point on this is
2: it's um I was able to observe and I'm sure others have hopefully been able to observe this. Mm -hmm. I was able to observe just the impact of having your finances managed well versus not Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. So I could observe with my mom as an example, when I took over her finances and she had that pension and she had that, that guaranteed income every month for her, it's like magic. Mm -hmm. It's, 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 you know, versus the contrast of, of having to worry about that, just the stress, the hours in the day and the stress to your point, when you're trying to put food on the table, when you're trying to get your kids off to school, um, or even in retirement, when you're just trying to enjoy retirement, sure, sure. it ha- it makes a, a big, big, big difference. So I think that's where, as we think about the need for lifetime income, you know, we want everyone to have a secure retirement. You know, not just the folks that can figure that work in the you know they can figure that out and, and are the do it yourselves. So there's going to be a lot of folks that can figure it out on their own. Um, but we want everyone to have a secure retirement ultimately.
1: Well, Paul, I, I know we can talk about this topic all day long and there's uh, more to come. We'll have to do another podcast. We'll do a follow up about this. Um, you know, thank you for for taking the time to, to share your stories. Um, it's been a great time sitting with you and I really appreciate you being here.
2: Thanks, Jim. I appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. And to our listeners, thank you very much for joining us on another episode of the Wave Strength Podcast. Uh, I want to encourage you, if you'd like to listen more to this thought leadership content, head over to uh, Spotify, Audible, and even YouTube and search the Wave Strength And you can see all of the content that we have available. I want to encourage you to like and subscribe that content also so you can stay up to date with the most recent uh, episodes that we put out there. And also to to get in touch with Paul, just head over to LinkedIn. You can search Paul Hance uh, with Pacific Life and you can uh, can find Paul on there. Uh, Again, I'm Jim Breen and I want to thank you for being with us. Have a good day, everybody.
0: This has been another episode of The Wave Strength presented by pacific life don't forget to catch us on youtube and make sure to subscribe although this podcast is presented by pacific life the opinions and views expressed are those of the hosts and participants and do not necessarily reflect pacific life's views on any of the topics discussed pacific life is a product provider it is not a fiduciary and therefore does not give advice or make recommendations regarding insurance or investment products Pacific Life, its affiliates, its distributors, and respective representatives do not provide any employer-sponsored qualified plan administrative services or impartial advice about investments and do not act in a fiduciary capacity for any plan. Pacific Life refers to Pacific Life Insurance Company, Newport Beach, California, and its affiliates, including Pacific Life & Annuity Company. Insurance products are issued by Pacific Life Insurance Company in all states except New York and in New York by Pacific Life & Annuity Company product availability and features may vary by state. Each insurance company is solely responsible for the financial obligations accruing under the products it issues. This podcast was recorded on June 9th, 2022.